listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast that's celebrating the Fantastic Four and its less than fantastic movie franchise this month. I'm your host, Pogues, and I'm joined by Dr. Doom's favorite concubine, Ben Chapman. <laughs> what did I want? Ah! Oh, As you can see, Ben enjoyed this. Now, I know we're only 12 episodes in, <laughs> and we're already going to start repeating guests, but... At least he was one of our best guests. Uh, we welcome back Mike Hayes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mike is the king of B movies. Uh, his his collection of VHSs that run the gamut from pornographic to a uh, hundred dollar budget to you know there's some offensive. Real... Uh... You know, there's oh, there's a lot of words for a lot of those. Mike's got quite a collection of of uh, B movies and has watched many in his day. So the minute we talked about doing this, Roger Corman, uh, the B movie king. Uh, produced Fantastic Four movie, I knew it had to be Mr. Michael. I do love me some Roger Corman, no matter what it is. So. <laughs> you a big fan of Rock and Roll High School? You know, uh, I've actually not seen that one. What? How do you not see a movie that stars the Ramones? Well, you know, I mean, that's a trauma film. And uh, I do love me some trauma. Oh. Wait, I- I'm pretty sure Corman produced that, though. He may have produced it, but it is trauma, I'm pretty sure. Now it's all, everyone's Googling. <laughs> Everyone Google, Google! <laughs> But, uh... Uh-oh, fight, 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 get fight. Uh, Corman's more responsible for things like Death Race 2000. Which is fantastic. Uh, Angels Hard As They Come. Haven't seen that one. <laughs> that was Piranha. my quote in uh, my yearbook. Humanoids from the Deep, Night Call Nurses. Well, Corman's also less lesser known, at least to a lot of people, by... He gave, like, Jack Nicholson and Dennis Hopper and all them their starts. Yeah. You know, he... he Really is the oh, guy uh, who... Galaxy of Terror. Galaxy of Terror That's is a Corman. horrifying That is an film. amazing movie. That's a gross... Which I could just plug by my review of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reviews. Yeah, look up, look up drug movie reviews for, for uh, 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 Galaxy of Terror. I kiss a man on that It's episode. one of my favorite episodes of, of that uh, YouTube series that Mike is the star of. Anyhow. Oh yeah, Corman's cool. We watched this Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie, and boy, stuff, some stuff happened. <laughs> well, before we before we get into this film, let's go ahead and real quick, what's your what's your connection with uh... the Fantastic Four? Yes, Did sorry, you... <laughs> should, I shouldn't be trying to read something while I'm also talking. No, you should. I have um, really gorged myself uh, on kind of Silver Age comics back in the day when I was younger. I read like I've, I've mentioned before, I've read a lot of the compendiums and the essentials for. Spider-Man and the Punisher and and a lot of a lot of uh, major Marvel series. I'm a big Marvel guy, and um, Fantastic Four was one of them. I actually really enjoyed a lot of the early Fantastic Four stuff. I really enjoy their position in the Marvel universe. Um, uh, uh, I, I enjoy for 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 being you know um, a centerpiece for bringing Galactus into the world. Uh, I really appreciate them for a ton of reasons. So I'm I'm actually a, a, kind of a huge fan of the Fantastic Four. Um, I also like all any comic series that kind of has like a message, so to speak. I don't know how to put this right. Like you know, the X Men's got the sort of undercurrent theme about it being about like being uh, ostracized, being outcast, you know, but being a, a sort of uh, an antithesis to society's standards or whatever. Maybe um, I've always liked Fantastic Four for being all about like family and like and relationships and and connections. I, I've always thought it's you know it's not as strong as other series with this connection but i think it's a an important franchise in comic book history so i'm a big fan thus 
my uh, unending horror having <laughs> watched how it was handled <laughs> in this film. Let's let's wait. Uh, Mike, do you have any connection? Uh, my connection <laughs> to the Fantastic Four is that I know movies have been released about it. <laughs> And I was able to name three of the four guys' names he before was. we watched. He was pretty close. And I knew the fourth, but I couldn't. I wasn't on my... I believe I, I believe your list was uh, Mr. Fantastic, mm-hmm. Johnny Flame. Johnny Flame, We called yeah. it Johnny Flame. Yeah, I uh, thought that uh, was his thing. Uh, Invisible Invisible Woman. Woman. I, yeah, and the thing. And yeah. then you asked, oh. uh, and then which one is the lady one? I was like, you mean Invisible <laughs> Woman? I thought there was a fifth one, <laughs> but fifth, I knew yeah. there was only four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and Pogues, if I may quickly correct myself, uh, Rock and Roll High School is not a trauma film. As you all, uh, Corman executive produced it. You're right, yeah. Yeah, I, was thinking, I know I was right. I was confusing it. Yeah, I was confusing it with Class of Newcomb High, is what I was thinking. That's the thing we all do sometimes. Yeah, yeah, well. We've all been there. But I mean, this movie was very much like a trauma film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so It had that weird, like, camera angle attached to stuff thing, you know? Yeah, a lot of practical effects. Well, yeah. and garbage non-practical. Oh. Yeah, uh, now, but... as far as uh, as far as my connection to the Fantastic Four, I have read the Fantastic Four for probably like fifteen years. I got it monthly. I have like, Damn. old old collections of the old Golden Age. Uh, I have a issue one hundred that I had Stanley sign when I met him. I'm a big Fantastic Four fan. I love the characters. Love the whole idea. Uh, I quit reading it after they kind of started breaking the Fantastic Four up multiple times, and now it's not even a comic book anymore, unfortunately. Uh, Marvel's longest-running series, they canceled it. Yeah. Supposedly in an attempt to get the rights back, but I don't really understand how that works. But anyways, so I was a huge fan of the Fantastic Four. I have not really enjoyed any of the Fantastic Four movies all that much, Uh, and this is the first time I've seen this one, despite hearing tons about it. Uh, we'll just let's just get into a little bit of the background. There's a lot of speculation on this movie mm-hmm. as to uh, if it was indeed made just to hold on to the rights because he had signed a contract to the the guy. I think his name's like Etchberg. I, I'm not exactly sure how you say it, but uh, he had something. signed. Yeah, he had signed a contract that said that if he didn't go to production by January or December 31st of whatever year it was, I guess. 93 then the the rights would revert back he started filming on december 28th so there's a lot of speculation that he never intended to release the film but he claims he was always going to release it roger corman says that he thought they were going to release it because they paid for an advertising budget like they made trailers they sent people on like a tour to sort of uh, talk about the movie and some uh, Stan Lee still maintains that they knew they were never going to release it and they never bothered to tell the cast and the crew that they weren't going to release it. So there's a lot of speculation. Uh, Avi Arid, uh, the guy who was sort of the head of Marvel Studios and uh, was in charge of the, the uh, X-Men and like the Blade series success, he actually says he bought this movie for $2 million and then destroyed the print so that it couldn't be released because they didn't want a low-budget film ruining the the chance of the franchise. So no one's really 100% sure what happened because everybody yeah. tells a different story, and it's sort of like a, a story that's been going around Hollywood since it happened about how poorly they treated these people and how no one on the, no one on the crew, including the director, who is actually Vidal Sassoon, the stylist guy, 
It's really? his, Wait, what? No, it's his son. Oh, okay. Oh, it's his really? son who had only ever directed uh, music. Oh, it's that soon. You're, you're right. Wow. Yeah. So he had what? only ever directed uh, music videos to this point. So this was like a big deal for him. And he actually was a huge Fantastic Four uh, fan. And there's some crazy stuff in the production of this film. Like the guy who was brought on to do the costuming, he had no idea what the Fantastic Four was. <laughs> so he went to the comic book store in Los Angeles and went up to the guy and basically was like, we're making a Fantastic Four movie. I don't know what it's supposed to look like. You got to help me. And he said they were super excited and they gave him all this reference material. And I will say it's poorly done. But this film does mirror the Fantastic Four yeah, it's better the, than any of the other films. Especially, it is the most loyal. You're right. Especially their Doctor Doom. Yep. Looks the On most the money. like the comic book character. Yep. Worst acting I've ever seen in a film, though. We'll get to that, though. <laughs> well, yeah, I have plenty of things to say about Doctor Doom when he appears. Uh, um, just to get another quick thing to mention. Uh, I, I pointed out to Ben before he went to watch this. Uh, the score in this film is spectacular. It really is. It is like three and a half songs at best, and one of them sounds like it's like from a parade at a circus. One of them, yeah, one of them's definitely what plays on a haunted merry-go-round, yeah, uh, the, with, without question. Yeah, that mo- the Mole Man song. <laughs> yeah, the Mole yeah. Man song. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other one appeared to be like music that was stolen from like Glory and then slightly changed. But what was crazy was the composers pitched in $6,000 of their own money to get a 48-piece orchestra so they could record the soundtrack with a 48-piece orchestra. That is complete insanity. Because when you hear the soundtrack, you're like, ooh, not a good use of $6,000. No, but you know that the minute they spent that money, they needed it, because it, every second of this movie has some blistering soundtrack being played over it. And, yeah. it, and, and there's one scene where it literally jumps between like the goofy clown music yeah. to like this real somber like end of a war movie and it it is cutting like every 10 seconds it is mind-boggling that it's somebody's distracting like, it's it, yeah, it, distracting. Usually, they usually say the best thing a movie can do with a music cue is you don't notice it like it shouldn't be so you're like holy shit that was weird yeah i mean it should be in the background and give you that emotional feeling without you necessarily being like I that you know this was just the most overpowering score i've ever heard in the film yeah, i think they might have done a good job like the composers did did well like the songs on their own if you just heard in the background might were fine i think but i yeah. bet you whoever edited this son of a gun was like didn't know what on earth they were doing and just tried to cover up the garbage of the muffled dialogue <laughs> with just loud music just because they didn't see that had the foresight to get adr on anything um but also so, like, i think part of i think huge parts of this movie were all just adr'd with lines that no one was saying when they were <laughs> when they were on set it could be but never when it was supposed to be done like when dr doom spoke it's just mumbled through his own mask <laughs> to the point where you cannot tell what he's saying at any given time um but as an addendum what you were saying post a documentary actually came out just last year called doomed which it is... actually has not come out oh oh it's it's, let's say it's, it's weird you weird. cannot buy it or view it Interesting. And everyone keeps saying it's out, but if you go to their official website, because I went, to, I was going to go buy it. Yeah. Because I was like, I'd love to watch this before we do this show. Sure. And it's not available. Oh, well, from damn. the company that made it, so I don't know. <laughs> and there's no release date. It's just we like will. you could pre-order it. I'm like, okay, right. but Mike and I watched some clips from it, uh, uh, from promotional clips from it, which is pretty interesting because the cast genuinely seems like they were. Uh, duped. That that is their that is their interpretation. Like the cast yes. and like and the staff, they talk about how they you know they they delivered you know a lot of their best efforts, which I, I think comes through at points. Sure, I was going to say cast a, 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 is trying. 
a listener uh, and and sort of a friend of ours, James, uh, he sent me a link to an article that was in this magazine called Los Angeles, and it's all about it was they they did it in two thousand five before the fire or the yeah it's Fox who owns it right before they did the the new version with Jessica Alba and Michael Chiklis and everything, and uh, they interview these people and it is like they were talking they were like you know we thought this could be sort of like it could be a huge break for us. And they were they even said that while Corman was known as the B movie king, like Mike pointed out, like he worked with Francis Ford Coppola before he was Francis Ford Coppola. Right. Like he yeah. had worked Jack Nicholson. I mean he had been with great actors that had started out making terrible films and you know, like not really terrible, but just Corman is known for producing a movie for as cheap as humanly possible. Yeah, exactly. So much so that there's a there's a, a story that goes around Hollywood that nobody's sure if it's actually true, but he is rumored to have once fired a craft service company because they served Diet Coke instead of an off-brand name because he didn't <laughs> want to pay the extra 10 cents per can. Oh, Corman. So, you know, so he's known, and, and that's basically how he got this. They went to him and they said, well, what would be the cheapest you could make this movie? And he came up with a million-dollar budget. Oof, it shows. Yes, which... <laughs> but he did it. He did it. The man I'll, did it. I will say this, though, it, sort of a, as a way to think about this. I, I'm sure most of the people listening to this show have probably seen the movie Mallrats, the Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. Which was made in 1994. That film has a $6 million budget and was made basically the year after this film. So think about that, that this film, a superhero film, was tried... In which one of the characters is a gigantic rock monster was given a $1 million budget. It's, it's insane that they even could make the movie, let alone... Yeah. And a lot of the budget went to make that thing mask, which is... It's going to haunt my nightmares for <laughs> the rest of my life. It was so unsettling. What's insane, though, is if you, if you did not date this movie and just showed me a clip, I wouldn't guess the early 90s. I would guess right. late 70s is what this movie looks like it was made. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of the wardrobe is very, like, you're like, I don't think that was in the 90s. Like, yeah. it, everything about the movie looks like it's from at least 10 years before they claim it is. Absolutely. Well, I think I think uh, uh, we already know how much this movie was made for. We already know it grossed, in, like, next to nothing, because... Yeah, it never grossed anything, because it was yeah. never, ever showed. The so, only way you can get this movie is illegally. So with that cover, or on YouTube, like we did. Uh, so with well, that's that, technically illegal. They don't yeah, own the rights to the film. <laughs> Uh, with that covered, let's talk about this fucking turn. Let's talk about <laughs> the worst title sequence of one of these films. So and this is the 70s thing I was talking about. This felt like the intro to Superman. It, uh, to me, it felt like the intro to like uh, that show Nova that uh, Carl Sagan used to host. Yeah. If, yeah. if it lost all of its budget. And keep in mind that was on PBS. No, it seemed like the intro to Nova that your teacher taped off the TV and then mm -hmm. retaped into a VHS so she could give it to another teacher, and that's the one that you saw. So and you watched like, on a VCR that it had yeah. corrected wrong, so everything yeah. was blue. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was the intro sequence. So I know a lot of you out there probably have not seen this movie. Of all the movies we're going to cover, I think this is the one that we can most rely on people having never seen. But so. I, this might be the one that I most recommend watching. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. I think it that's true. It was, like, insane. Like, while I was watching, I was like, what the... F I mean, it, it was... I, I recommend it's free to watch. You have to go watch it if you're even a mild fan of superhero films. Jump around at least. Jump around and watch some scenes. It's bonkers. Mm. Well, the, the movie starts with this terrible title sequence. Then it goes to this professor who is giving a speech as if it's the first day of class, 
and it's the very start of the class, but then it appears later that it's like in the middle of the term. Yeah. And it's the last three minutes of class. Like, he opens talking about light speed in this astrophysics Yeah, he said, in case you're just taking this for the credit. And I'm like, wait, (laughs) who would take advanced, like, like, you know... Graduate astrophysics. Yeah, (laughs) it's like, I just need the credit, bro. I'm a a business major. They told me I need one science. I need one, I need one parent, like, like, super science. uh, I need a PhD level science for this. It counts as two credits. (laughs) So big deal. Which apparently must have been true because all-star quarterback Ben Grimm is in the class, apparently. Yeah. Just just phone it in. <laughs> and then uh, he is giving this bizarre speech about this, I guess, asteroid? They don't it, really explain what it is. It's not clear. It's like an energy ball or like a wave of yeah, it's like radiation a, or something. What did he call it? Like a the Colossus. Yeah, no, that, it. but it was he, he called it like a nebula or something. Yeah. It had like yeah, a name. Very weird. A so, space name. You know, the, the kind of the kind of science terms you get from throwing darts at a dartboard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a, it's a quasar <laughs> Yeah, it's star. a quasar that moves like mm-hmm. an asteroid. Yeah, anyway, yeah. I'm a scientist. He's just like, go out and have fun. Class <laughs> and I'm Your like, homework tonight is... Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> it's to seize the day. But like, <laughs> Saying than that is uh, Doctor Doom, uh, Victor Von Doom is in the class, which yep. one we find out later. Reed apparently never knew his last name, and two, Reed and him are in the class, and they're passing back and forth notes on this machine they've built that's supposed to try to harness the power of Colossus. Now they're talking about how they still need to work on it, but they came to a class that neither one of them clearly needs to attend. Because yeah. they're not even paying attention. Why don't they just stay at the lab and work on the machine? Maybe they need those credits. <laughs> They're the ones that actually need the credit. They know all yeah. of it already. They're the ones just... That guy's just, a real stickler for attendance. Yeah. <laughs> I like at the end of that, when they're about to leave the class, they're they're having a little argument. And and they get heated. And one of them, I don't even know which one it was, was just like, not here, man. Let's take it outside. Let's take like, it that. He's like, not here. And I'm like, what are you afraid? The, yeah. the people who came just for the credit are going to be like... <laughs> Wait a minute, are they building a machine to harness Colossus? <laughs> I just want them to have, like, math fights outside. Like, just get out there and just just scrawl some equations out in the, at the schoolyard. I real do, dirty. I do love when they passed uh, Dr. Doom's, like, bodyguards who are in, like, these bizarre <laughs> cars. Wait, is that who they like, are? Yeah, that's yeah, who those two guys are. Those are, like, the newsy hooligans. They that just, were... Yeah, they just look like time travelers from a 1930s <laughs> yeah. film. It was insane. They were wearing, like, the biggest cardigans I've ever seen in my life, and they're just playing, like, checkers yeah. on a college campus. I'm like, the college campus isn't in, like, uh, Central Park. It's, it's a it. college campus. People don't just sit around and play checkers. It's so strange. <laughs> and both at this point and later on when they're uh, messing around with their machine before they try and run their experiment uh, did you notice that most of the time like it's literal gibberish on every screen like when they showed a shot of the computer screen it was like a picture of the earth like a little like icon on it and then there's a bunch of just alien symbols all around it just oh yeah, yeah. swirls just they definitely s- were using like shiar or some shit like i was like oh okay sure. those were numbers ben are you confused about si- what no, numbers science are? is too easy that's that's us think... do it in farsi oh i think some of those <laughs> yeah. were supposed to be uh whatever language they speak in Lativeria, which I guess is some sort of, like, pictiograph. <laughs> because when he takes the, the the papers later in the film and compares them, is like, wait a minute. I'm like, there's no way that, like, a country that's supposed to be part of, like, the Soviet bloc would have a language that looks like that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it looks like runic alien symbols. It's yeah. so strange. Now... Uh, did you think it was odd that after all this happens, they cut back and Reed is going to a boarding house that I guess he lives at? 
Yeah. Where the woman runs it, where her teenage daughter and young son are just, I guess, living there, hanging out with college students. Yeah. Which seemed a little weird to me, but even more so that when he gives the one girl a kiss on the cheek and she's like, oh, he's so dreamy. If I was that mom, I'd be like, ooh, I should not have opened this up. This was a bad combination. I thought he was their dad. And that's Sue Storm. Like, yeah, yeah, like the age difference when they showed her, I was like, oh, no, this is not. I'm like, that can't be Sue. Yeah, I was like, I I do not like this. I don't like where it's going. I don't want it to see what happens. Please make it stop. It was very creepy. And then I just, when she's like, he's dreamy, I was like, has anybody in real life (laughs) since like 1942 (laughs) ever said that? It was insane. And then they go up and Ben and. John, young Johnny are playing this video game, which looks like they're just holding joysticks while watching a cartoon. Yes, yeah. they're clearly not affecting anything on the screen, and it's not a video game. It's a straight-up cartoon. Yeah. It's a cartoon. Oh, 100%. But I also enjoy, I think it's... Um, no, I'm sorry, that's later. But at some point... <laughs> I'm, I'm off a track. At some point when they're arriving at the boarding school, uh, Reed is having an argument with uh, Ben Grimm, and he just turns to me and he goes, Science is really important to me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is like that's like someone dictated fantastic 40 like, oh, yeah i mean that's he loves science it's the, important most, to it's, him. the most insane thing is that argument they're having is ben wants to invite johnny and sue to go to space with them and oh right he that's says right no and he says they'll never forgive you and it's like yeah but they're not qualified to go to space. You can't just, just go up there. They're just some teenagers. Like it. Yeah, the, and apparently Reed hasn't spoken to either one of them in years because he doesn't realize that Sue would grow up and get boobs. Right. And <laughs> he sees her, he's like, shubble, wubble, wubble, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he is, he's amazed about how hot she became. And what's upsetting is the reason he breaks up, he breaks his stance where we can't take random teenagers into space on an experimental spaceship the reason he changed his mind is he sees Sue and he and he's just like, "Whoa, I got a boner for this one. Let's bring her into space." Yeah, it is that part. I was just like, "Oh, this is this is not good." And the only thing worse than that is when she opens the door and the guy who's playing Ben Grimm is like, "Can Sue and Johnny go to space with us?" And he has this face that is like, if I open a door and a man asks about my children that way, I would immediately call the police. And that Chris Hansen guy from the Catch a Predator, <laughs> because I was like, "Oh, he's gonna try to fuck no, people in space." I'm gonna isolate that clip and put it up somewhere because oh. it's fantastic. Because it's clearly him being like jokey, being like, "Oh, I'm gonna take him to space," but he's like, "I'm gonna take him to space, huh?" And then the the mom's like, "Oh, into space, eh?" And then they both just go, <laughs> "It's the yeah, it weirdest dialogue it's I've so ever seen." Natural. It's so creepy. And I'll, I mean, I'm going to give that guy a break because apparently he was a football player. That's what could, he did before this. He played for the Cowboys. Could, uh, could we go back 10 years? Yes. Because yes, when, yes. Oh, when yeah, they I go forgot. in the door the first time and as Ben pointed out, just bowls the girl over when he comes in the door. Oh, yeah. He knocks the girl straight out of the scene, like right out of the frame. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then he picks her up. He's like, are you all right? It's like. But not right away. Oh, yeah. You no, opened the fucking he, door to her face. He has like five or six lines of dialogue and then goes, yeah. oh, yeah. They, no, they talk. I knocked like, your shit out. I knocked you on the ground like a dumb kid you are. Uh, let's talk for a second. Okay, now you're allowed to anyway, get up. Anyway, you want to be my lover in ten years? <laughs> yeah, yes, please, you're dreamy. You get them things. Uh, well, then what, what's bizarre is, did you notice like when him and Doom set up this, uh, this machine that's going to capture Colossus? Yeah, the Galactus put- machine. They put the thing that is going to collect the energy right in between them? 
Yeah. I was like, what kind of fucking idiot is that? (laughs) Yeah. And just in the open, too. I guess just put it right here between us and between these two PCs. Should we, like, like wrap it in something or cover it? or shield, something? No. No. All in the open. All on natural. (laughs) And now, where is this energy coming from? Because I swear I heard them say it's coming. Well, Colossus, but I swear I heard him say they're getting it from the future. And I feel like it has something to do with, like, traveling at the speed of light and the direction. He says something about, like, harnessing tomorrow. But I Harness- think that's more like a like a, like a phrase. Yeah, I really yeah. want them to be getting the energy from the, the actual tomorrow. I'll give you it's confusing. That's a good premise. I would like that. <laughs> I, like, then- I, like, I like that this is where you're all of a sudden hung up. Like, oh, I think they're getting these from the future. <laughs> I mean, I'm into it. Because he suddenly got, like, super famous and rich and stuff, obviously. Not famous necessarily, but rich at least we see. A successful... Super scientist. I don't I think that has anything to do with this experiment. That <laughs> no, okay. Because it failed. They, no, they, this is true. At least in his estimation, it resulted <laughs> in the deaths of one of the two scientists. <laughs> it's not like a great. This isn't like a real Marie Curie, where like years later she dies. It's like in the event. Well, you gotta have a martyr. He's like I, the I Jesus love, of science. I did love that. Uh, <laughs> Doom starts getting electrocuted, and Reed just lays there and does nothing. And then Ben runs in out of nowhere and knocks Doom out of the way. And then Reed's reaction is, oh, I sh- I'll go get help. Yeah, very. Like, just... No panic. You just watched your friend be electrocuted for like a minute. From space. Yes, yeah, space electricity. Which apparently didn't do anything but really fuck him up. Maybe from the future. It also, awesome. it's, it seems that they have this entire like like compound to themselves. They have this huge yes. building. But it's, it was it's all there. But yeah, it's like it, it's supposed to be like them, like like cobbling together something in their garage is what it seemed like at the beginning. And then they like come to it. and You're like, oh, you guys have yeah, a yeah, whole lab. Come, you're like, oh, NASA helped you build this. And it's like <laughs> in a building. I and also, then we. I also love when they're at the hospital and the doctor comes up and is like, oh, he died. I'm like, there is no one in the world is like this guy's a doctor. Like yeah. he has like this gravy thick accent. He's not. He looks like a, a professional hitman. And, like, he just the way he's talking, I mean, I, clearly, too, I knew he was the guy playing checkers, but I was just like, oh, no, there's no way this guy is a doctor. And Reed's not like, well, I need to see him. He was my friend. Show me where. Yeah, he's like, where are you taking him? It's like, well, where do you think they take dead people? Like, they're going to they're gonna go out and weekend at Bernie's him. <laughs> like, what kind of weird question was that? But then uh, when Ben gets up and he's like, just come here, and he, like, hugs him, I was like, oh, is did this movie take, like, a turn and Ben and Reed are going to be lovers? That'd be a fun a, twist. Yeah, it was just a very tender moment. And I was like, but okay. nope, he's still got a heart on for a teenager. <laughs> now, in, we we jump ahead into the future, and you know it's the future because he's in a building that looks like it's comprised entirely of TV screens that don't actually do anything, and, and like and like really uncomfortable s- chairs, cyber chairs, yes, cyber chairs. Uh, it also says ten years later on the screen. It does. Yeah, Did it really? Helps. I didn't even. Yeah, it, it helps. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird, because I actually just watched this movie and did nothing else for lunch. Usually I'm, like, partially doing something else, but this time I just sat and stared at it. And, um... missed it. The goons appear to have revived Doctor Doom, and then, I guess, with their own genius, <laughs> constructed him out of something? Because no, it... no, I, I think he, after they saved his life, he encased himself. They don't really cover it, obviously. Yeah, but he's, he's just kind of in his suit, ready he's to go. He's, he's, like, in his metal suit, ready oh, yeah. to go. And Without any gotta, sort of like say, explanation, this may this may be revealing something that I shouldn't reveal while it's being recorded. But like at this point in the movie, and they show Doom, and I'm like, oh man, they they gave him the green hooded cape, yep. like weird tunic, 
He's got the cape. He's got like a his metal mask looks pretty spot on. And I'm like, the beginning is real cheesy, but I'm like, I like that they show that you know Doom blame is gonna blame Reed for this because Reed tell like that he makes a point of saying like I put in the calculations you told me and stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm actually kind of liking this. Maybe this isn't gonna be that bad. And then like 40 seconds later, the jeweler pops up out of the sewers, and I was like, yep. never mind. <laughs> there it goes. The weird, the I, weird leprechaun in New York shows up. I don't know up. what you well, mean. We'll, the jeweler's we'll the best part. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> Um, but, uh, what was, uh, like, what's weird is, all right, they bring a jewel and this guy pops up and I felt like I was watching like that, uh, like I thought he was going to be Watto from Phantom Menace. Cause he was like, I can smell a jewel anywhere. And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> oh, no. This, this is anti- that, guys. I'm like, this is anti-Semitic all the <laughs> yeah. way. He's the diamond sniffer. Yeah. I'm like, uh, the jeweler. Don't make, him, don't make him look like, you know. Nazi propaganda, like help us out here, guys. I was just like, uh, as soon as he popped up, I was like, well, there it went. And, and then it's... immediately following that scene is this holy, like this really bizarre scene in which Ben Grimm just plows into a blind woman, and his reaction is, "Hey, watch where you're going." It's like, oh, you you walked into her, like it's yeah. your fault, and then. The next scene is even more insane because he, like, picks this woman up and she feels his face and apparently is just, like, wet as shit for him. Like, she's somehow... It's so within... fucking weird, you guys. They... It is it is the most tacked-on love story I've ever seen. What was that movie we were watching where I said they had the worst love scene? Like, the worst romantic entanglement? I can't even remember now. Punisher it's... had the worst one last... Yes. Where that, that woman who knew nothing about him was just instantly infatuated with him. But no, just, just to paint this picture for you... Ben Grimm and and Reed Richards, these awkward motherfuckers, are just wandering into a building for no no conspicuous reason. Mm -hmm. And he bumps into a blind woman who drops a statue and screams, My work! She's carrying a statue! Hey, she's she's carrying a statue, which is in itself confusing. Which is also confusing because then you realize they're in the Baxter building. So you're like, where was she going with that statue? It's an office building. And he picks her up, but not like he grabs her hand and lifts her to her feet like a, you would a normal person. He, like, gets his hands around he her picks, waist and picks her up. He and picks she, her up like you would a child. He picks her up like you would, like, your lover before you, like... Yeah, like, or like yeah, swept like, her into the bedroom. Like, he scooped her up and clutched her to his chest, and she, like, gripped his face. And I'm like, oh, they must know each other. And then <laughs> she's like... Anyway, thanks. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wait, what? They don't? I'll my statue together. And, and just like when Reed decides to allow teenagers on his experimental spaceship because he's got a hard-on for a teenager, um, he, Ben, this woman who's one minute screaming about her work being destroyed, touches his face for like a second and is like, damn. I'm and then good. she runs away. Like, she's yeah, scared. and then she's just off. But you tell right away, she's like, it's fine. Don't worry about my statue. Well, she obviously has heightened senses, right? Because <laughs> yeah, obviously she can, she can touch things and know what they are. I'm sure she can hear things super well, too, and you know, hear everything coming around her as well. And listener, I... to paint you into the picture, too, we're watching a, we're 20 minutes into a Fantastic Four movie, and the movie starts to spend a lot of time following this blind woman around, and you are probably like me, being like, what the fuck is going on? I mean, I well, knew who she was, but I was like, wow, this is weird that they're it giving took her me a while. such a big role. It took me a while. It was not an organic introduction of that character. <laughs> and then and then that's when the jeweler appeal, appears, and he mm-hmm. seems to have this infatuation with the blind woman, um, yeah. uh, Alicia Masters, is that right? Yes. 
uh, in the comics, her dad is uh, the puppet master. Yeah, right. Wait, from the movie franchise? No, no not from, from the movie okay. franchise. I was going to say. We almost blew your mind. Apart. I almost shit myself. But the, the, the jeweler, this small leprechaun-looking weirdo who in vaguely, too much makeup. Who vaguely kind of looked like uh, Danny DeVito. Yes! Yes! Mike says He's this. a real cobblepot. Yeah. He's got the yeah. eyeglass and everything. He pops out of the sewer. Uh, I guess someone said Mole Man was the first villain. That the Fantastic Four fought, and they just, like, went with it, and then named him the jeweler? Yeah, and then decided, eh, a man who lives underground with a bunch of moles is a Also, far. How about Google... a guy who can smell diamonds? Yeah, Google Fantastic Four Mole Man. He's not what you think. He's, like, a giant underground troll the size of, like, a skyscraper. Listen, he's... this <laughs> is no, the original... Mole Man's... He's, like... In his initial rendition, he's, no, he's, he's gigantic. Dwarf. I think you're thinking of the dragon that comes out of the ground that's Fantastic Four number one. Oh, that could be. Anyway. They cram um, a lot into one issue, bro. They do. You're <laughs> right. They do. You're right. Um, but, but yeah, the jeweler appears talking in some weird accent. And again, the music kicks in. That's all like plunky. Again, and I was like, I was like, oh, just like in Batman Returns. Cobblepot yeah. has like a real circus theme. Mm-hmm. And then at some point... He's. Uh, by the way, at this point, I wrote in all caps, nothing makes sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> at this point, he's stalking the blind woman. Again, we're watching a Fantastic Four movie. Yeah. Uh, it's still... We, we, they have not gotten their powers yet, despite already having been into a laboratory that went wrong. Mm-hmm. They're still fine, except for Dr. Yeah, they, they killed... Like, they got rid of him, did <laughs> his own thing Everyone's cool. Separate, yeah. And then you're watching this leprechaun stalk a blind woman, and at some point, he's in her window... Like, wrink- like wrinkling his fingers, and he just says, the night thickens. <laughs> yeah, everything he says is, like, really bad, like... That's not an expression! <laughs> the night thickens is not... It no is when you live underground, Ben. No the yeah, of the night. It get the, yeah, the thick of the night. That's a, <laughs> a Shakespeare or something, isn't it? <laughs> oh, uh, oh, my God. And now, then... He goes back to... Baxter, uh, the Baxter building, and Reed has activated the easiest to circumnavigate laser grid I have yeah. ever seen in my life. It has spaces that are as wide as a person in them. Mm-hmm. Like this, this pudgy guy wearing an overcoat, like with tails, goes across it, doesn't even set it off. Well, he's doing an Irish jig across. He does. There a is jig. a little bit of a jig. <laughs> um, now he uh, he steals the diamond. They go. Uh, before this, like they, 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 he replaces it with a fake diamond. Whatever, Doctor Do- Doom begins yeah. one of many over laughter scenes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, then it, it feels very much like uh, what's his name from Inspector Gadget at this point. Oh, oh yeah, uh, Doctor Claw. Doctor Claw, because he's just you're just seeing like an arm basically. Yeah, you're seeing like a shadowy face and his hand all the time. And then he does this laugh, and you're just like, "Oh boy, and, they should have really cut that down." And delivers one of the, my favorite lines, besides the night thickens, which is, "Let them die in space." Yeah. <laughs> now, right after this, we go to, and this was, I, this was the part of the movie that I don't know why, but in my notes, it was like the best part of the movie. But going back and reading through them, I don't understand why I was so excited. I just wrote down, "Holy shit, spinning newspaper!" Yes, please. Oh, I don't know. Why. Oh, it's because of the idea of a spinning newspaper. But I really like that they managed to work that into a movie. Well, they did that a lot with a couple of things. Yeah. 
the also, spinny camera thing. Yeah, they, also, they were, uh, I should point out that one of my notes just says, this whole movie feels like it was made in the 70s. So, yeah. to Ben's point. I said that yeah. too. And what's weird is they do a diff- they have like a different spin transition, and they never use it again. They use the newspaper once. They mm-hmm. use just like a camera spin for a fight scene because they're lazy. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, the four... Like the number four flies into the screen to, to to like star wipe the screen. Yeah. Once, like fifty minutes into the movie, and then they never use it they again. Could, yeah. They couldn't afford to use. They couldn't afford more than one. We got one wipe. Mm-hmm. Make sure to use it, Roger. We need we need at least three wipes. My arms are tired, sir. I can't spin it anymore. The Can wipes... we at least get like a like four wipes? It makes sense because no, no, the transitions are the same rules as the toilet papers in the bathroom. You get one wipe. That's it. <laughs> Roger, come on! Uh, were, were you? Were you? Was that joke chambered, or did she just come up with that? <laughs> no, that was that was that was right now. That was pretty good. I gotta give you credit <laughs> on that one. Uh, did you notice? The, did you notice their spacesuits were just hazmat suits that they had spray painted yeah. silver, which would yeah. not help you in space at all because <laughs> they're not sealed. Well, you listen, know, just be I've killed instantly. To, I've never been to space. I don't know. Apparently, it does help them though because they uh, they arrive at the Colossus, which will now represent its last appearance as being relevant in the film. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I think it's supposed to be it comes by every 20-something years. Yeah, but it's, like, referenced, again, once in the movie, and then no one cares about it again. Like, it doesn't. it's not a plot part that's wrapped what's, up what's at all. What's more insane than that is, after they get hit and they crash, uh, it appears that the same day they crash, they have, uh, they have commissioned Alicia Masters to make a memorial statue for them. No, I think she's just making a creepy statue. No, she's supposed to be doing a memorial statue because they're dead. Oh, is that what's happening? Yes, but it appears as though it's the next day after yeah. the crash. Like, they don't even hold bother on. to look for it. They looked for Amelia Earhart for like a year. Wait, but hold they on knew for she a minute. Was dead. You keep saying the word crash as if the ship took damage and then slowly came to Earth. It just blew up in space. It straight exploded. And then, then they just wake up on Earth... Like amongst debris, being like, "Boy, howdy, that was quite well, a crash." What's, what's great, the best, the best thing about that is not the explosion, but is they cut to Doom seeing the explosion somehow, and he starts laughing maniacally, and then they cut out, and he is in a cartoon throne room. Oh my god! Oh, he yes. is the only real part, and the rest of it is really terribly done, like matte painting with fake fire. I it know, how- so jarring. It's. <laughs> like you're just like holy shit! What just happened? I, I know how to explain. It. You, 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 did you play any game in like 1991? Like yes. any game? It's that intro that they would have in a game where they just have somebody green screen into like a ma- like a mad background. Well, it was like, like uh, did you see the Masters of the Universe movie? Yeah, it looks just like the throne yes. from that, but yes. it looks like they just got like the concept art. They were just like, fuck it, we can't build this. Yeah, just the concept art screen. on screen. They had a child draw the flames on those, those oh, pillars, it is, and it, that was it. It looks like that uh, that Frank Frazetta Ice and Fire movie. Like, it's it's so limited animation that you're just like, I don't think this is a... I mean, it's it's so giant. And then they, they use it again later, and I'm like, oh, guys, you really thought that looked good enough to use it twice? Yeah. It's like, but then they went on, that animator actually went on and made Waking Life, it turns out, so... <laughs> Some, somebody got something out of it. <laughs> Dude, cool out of the deep cuts, you guys. <laughs> well, I mean, that didn't actually happen. It just no, looked like someone drew on the, on the Yeah, we're, trying to, on we're just trying to be as obscure as human. You're, you're chucking in references for, like, one person. <laughs> what, the, the Richard Linklater film? I mean, come on. Boyhood won a bunch of awards. Yeah, he's famous now, so we can bring yeah. up slackers. Come on. <laughs> no, am, am I mistaken uh, in, in that there's a scene here? 
I think they may actually maybe glossed over it, or I'm not sure. But there's a scene where the um, when when the uh, when Alicia is kidnapped, where she's constructing the Ben Grimm statue. Well, where, um, she, where she realizes that Ben Grimm is dead. Yeah, she gets like a package, doesn't she? Oh yeah, the guy yes. brings in a tiny coffin, and it's and it's from Ben Grimm. No, it's am I mistaken what it, here? What it is, no, it's is... from the jeweler. It's a trap. Oh, no, is it, is no, it's, it's not, not that either. Here's what happens. What wait, happened in this movie? Wait, let me guess one more time. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> wait, wait. Guess no, I want to no, no, guess too. Okay, no, you go ahead. No, you go first. No, I had nothing. I don't have a guess. Okay, go ahead, folks. <laughs> what happens is the the spaceship crashes. They go off the radar, and instantly everybody's like they're dead. Yeah, they're dead. So the government, I get, I guess it's the government, commissions her to make a memorial statue of the four astronauts who died, and the guy delivering it is dressed like in some sort of. I don't know, like... Mercury outfit, yeah, right? yeah, Yeah, exactly. And he says, after he drops them off, he says, he said, this is for that statue. And she says, yeah, it's a memorial. And he said, yeah, they deserve the best. And I'm like, technically, I mean, not to be a dick, but they weren't really doing anything. They were just a private company that launched a space shuttle. So the best, though. Yeah. Yeah, so he says, uh, she basically is supposed to make the statue. And since she's blind, she needs to touch representations of their faces so she can make the statue so they said these are from the helmet fittings so apparently they made life <laughs> ca- like I model this. cast of their face for helmet fittings in which they don't touch their face they're just gigantic glass tubes around their head so why you would need a two scale 100 percent accurate anatomical mask and while feeling the one face she realizes it's the guy that she wants to plow from the Baxter building, and she picks up the name card and reads that that's Ben Grimm. That's right. That's what happened. Yeah, that is what happens. And this is, again, they cut back from this scene, and it's the it's that night after the crash. They have want, in yeah. that scene for less than 24 hours, and they've already been like, we got to build a statue. Go find those heads from the helmet fitting and send them to this blind sculptress. That's priority it's one. So insane. Priority <laughs> two, we may go look for them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, I guess we could try flying around a little. Me, but meanwhile, at the crash site, they all get up off the ground, right? Well, the three of them, three men get up off the ground. They're yeah. like, oh, we're fine. Everything's cool. And this is amazing. one of them is like, where's Sue? No, this and they're safe. So, they're so fucking happy they're fine. Yeah. And, then, and then they don't realize she's gone or probably dead, like right. they all should be, until she says something. They're like, everything's hunky-dory. We made oh, it. what the fuck was that? Are yeah. you a ghost? <laughs> and then what, uh, this was the scene, too, where I realized the adult Johnny cannot act. No, he's amazing. Or, or he was given, like, <laughs> one him. direction, which was bigger. Do it, like, however you think is going to be too big, do, like, four times that. Like, there is the scene where he is, like, having, like, a supposed breakdown because of their powers, and he's just, like, pr- repeatedly, like, grabbing his head. It was, I was just like, why did they keep filming this? Why does this take <laughs> so long of the world's worst freakout? Also, again, for the listener who's totally not seen this movie, um, everyone realizes their powers in kind of kooky ways. Uh, Johnny Storm sneezes and a bush catches fire. Um, Real Moses. I didn't lie to you. <laughs> That's actually what happened. God was like, no, you didn't do it. I did. I need you to take my people out of here. Where are you going? <laughs> this movie's taking a weird turn. <laughs> oh, shit. 
That's why the jeweler's in here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's one of the original Israelites. Just looking wow. for Godstone. Um... Well, and then Sue Storm realizes that she's the invisible woman because she phases into existence, and then everyone like, "Look at your legs, Sue!" And she's legs are invisible. That's fine. That works. Then moments later, Ben Grimm just strolls up to. No, I think it's like the next morning, but Ben Grimm strolls up to the group, like, "Oh, what's up? What's going on?" And he's like the giant orange uh, rock monster, and someone's like, quote, "Look quote, at your quote, hands!" And it's really just Doctor Doom's people. Yeah, right. But, but I mean, you can't pretend that he just got up and he didn't like you know clank and clatter and his clothes were ripped and he was orange he didn't have a hard time picking himself up i guess he's strong maybe he wouldn't notice the weight difference but like i mean he's an orange rock monster i'm dry my elbows need to be which as i say it sounds like a b-52 song you know orange rock monster yeah um but (laughs) but but he's like song go ben (laughs) a lot like rock lobster but with the word orange in a form Orange <laughs> Rock Monster! <laughs> yeah, there it is. That was thanks pretty good. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, thanks Fred Schneider. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that wasn't me. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the stupidest fucking reveal sequence of their powers. I mean, I mean, don't don't forget, we're coming off of a series in which we're covering many comic book movies. We see really creative interpretations of superheroes discovering their powers. This is not it. Uh, but again, this, this is, is cartoonish. actually not that far. Have you ever read Fantastic Four number one? I mean, that's true. They do just kind of go, I am my fire. explain <laughs> what is going on. Like, he's like, wait a minute, my limbs are stretching. Because, you know, that was just like the way they wrote comics back then. <laughs> yeah, they so tell you everything. this is, again, this movie is somewhat, like, really true to the source. But then just with, like, I, I wonder if they had had, like, a $6 million budget, how much different this movie would have been. Like, if they would have cast different people, because some of these people were basically cast, like, there is no celebrity in this movie. Like, none of these people were big names, and none of them became big names. They all still work. I did look that up, because I was like, oh, God, I hope this didn't ruin these people's careers. Yeah, sort of. They all still, like, had, like, all work in TV. Yeah, what, they all one of the henchmen's like... written and directed a handful of stuff. Interesting. The, uh, the what's, woman what's... plays the Invisible Woman oh. has been in like literally every TV show and any cop drama. I also want to cover for that one cop. episode. She's, I assume she's always like the victim or the murderer. Yeah, dead body. She's one of the most prolific dead bodies in <laughs> cop show history. Um, but I also want to cover that we didn't say earlier. The two henchmen are named. I don't think it's said, but it's in the credits. Their names are Krogstadt and Trigorin. Yeah, those are very common. Amazing fucking names. No, very I... common Latvian names. Come on, Ben, quit being a racist. Krogstadt. It's so yeah. good. My uncle Which sounds like a Krogstadt song. It, it does. But Ben, also... how would that go? <laughs> I, nope, not gonna that one out of me. But I also want to cover at this point that um, uh, the 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 blind uh, sculptor, who is still somehow more relevant to this film than the origin of these fucking superheroes is kidnapped by the jeweler, the Mole Man ripoff kind of character, and or, or by like his henchmen come in. Mm-hmm. And again, this music's playing that feels like the first minute of a song in, in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. It's just like... The head jeweler's bad guy? He looks like a guy who would be a carny. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They all look like carnies. He's the one that's written and directed stuff. But Mike and I couldn't stop Good laughing. Friend. 
that that these that it felt like they were about to break into song every single oh, fucking absolutely. time they appeared on screen. It was like we're the moments henchmen, and we're going to break. Like, it, it just felt oh, like shoot, this, you like, have a song for that, not a Rammstein for the offensive. Yeah, oh. we've got a lot of songs. We wrote a few lyrics. We have down. songs. <laughs> we'll save them for the correct scenes. Um. <laughs> I, did you think that when they uh, after the Fantastic Four is rescued by Doom's henchmen or whatever they go in and you're introduced to dr hoffman why the fuck were they like just face the camera we want you to dead stare into the lens <laughs> yeah. and deliver this and you look like an extra for like those scenes i was like are these just from mystery science theater 3000 they, like, they had so to... over the top he's wearing that doctor's thing that doctors haven't worn probably ever like the metal disc on his forehead and it's just like all zany reactions as he realizes they all have powers they, they, none of them were picked up from the Motel Eight yet. The other cast members, so he was the only one yeah. in the studio. So that's why it was just that. And you know, dead it's on. like it's also bizarre because you're like, all right, they brought a doctor in and didn't explain that all of these people something's wrong with them. Because <laughs> each person is like, what do you do? And it's just like, oh boy. And then the and movie decides the that of Mr. Fantastic. Oh God, is, yeah. It just gets worse each. Like the first time they showed it, I was like, eh, not great. But I was like, they're going to cut around how they can't do it. And then they just quit cutting around it, and it's just yeah. terrible practical effects. I'm just like, oh, should have kept cutting around it so that we yeah. just like, see. Like, it started okay. Like, I get it. You're on a budget. The practical effect what you're doing. Oh, it was a little Sam Raimi-esque at first, like, with the first, like, fist cam or whatever it was. But then it just got bad. And they started drawing in his arm at some point, And, like... Oh, yeah. I mean, compared to the ending where Johnny Storm becomes a... Oh, oh my God. Uh, again, uh, listeners, I, 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 I'm going to make this a gift for you. You have to see it is, it is the Fantastic so Four sequence. But, the, but the, before this, uh, Reed and them all start thinking that something's wrong with this place. So they go to escape, and one of the most bizarre scenes I've ever seen in any movie, and the weirdest comic book movie scene, I think, they escape, and Doom says, you know, he, he catches them trying to escape, and he's like, I'll make you feel pain. And then he walks out of the room and these guys run in who I assume were supposed to be doom bots, which is like doom has an army of robots that look like him. Yeah. It's like real weird narcissistic, but these guys all were like, they have like purple faces for some reason. And they all it's run weird. in and they've all got uh, like Steyer Augs for some reason. And I'm like, uh, pretty sure they're just going to kill the fantastic four. Those are machine guns. Yeah. <laughs> but they get into this fight. And it goes on for too long because there's really nothing happening, uh, including Sue Storm turning invisible so and ducking so two guys shoot each other. And eventually they knock out a wall and walk out. And then Dr. Doom walks back in and goes, well, my friends, how was... Oh. And then he like, just goes, hmm. And I that's love... the end of the scene. I was yeah, like, that was I love that the scene. best gag. Because when he walked out, he said... I'm not going to sully my hands on you. And then he walks out, sends his guys in, and then he comes in expecting his guys to have won. What do you think he was doing in the, like, ten minutes? He sequence? was probably touching himself. You know, like, I oh, yeah, this is going to be great. I was picturing him going into, like, the, the cafeteria oh. of Dr. Doom Castle and mm -hmm. just, like, pouring a tea. <laughs> I think he was just around the corner against the wall just, just waiting. Just steeping it. Yeah. It was mm. Susan from accounting's mm. birthday, so he went yeah, yeah. to the break. He had to, go there. he had to go sign the card before it got to her. Eating cake, but you guys watch... Uh, 
the new uh, the new episode of Star Trek. It's great, great stuff. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I gotta go check on the Fantastic uh, Four being eliminated. Yeah. Oh, can, can I jump back real quick? Notice... Okay. Yeah. Oh, sure. Go. Sorry. Just just when, there, when, just before they escape, the the, the Fantastic Four, as they're called, yeah. were very con- like some of them were very confused about why they're being quarantined. Like the thing was fine with it. He's like, yeah, I get it. I'm a doctor. We we have weird shit going on. Of course we need to figure out what's going on before we leave. But Mr. Fantastic here is just like, what the fuck is going on? Why all the mystery? Like, I don't understand how his science brain doesn't no. understand how science works well, or anything. Let's be clear here. In his defense, it would be bizarre that a man who is known for being like the smartest man, because that's like the big deal in the newspaper. He's a mm. genius. Why wouldn't they let him try to figure out what's wrong with himself? Yeah, but he, I think he should also understand that, like, I have maybe a weird space disease. I've got something going on. I have no fucking clue. I shouldn't let this con- get contained. Like, it could be contagious. He doesn't know. Oh, man, you're really... I think you're really supporting Doom here. I think you're, really, <laughs> I, I think you're letting your politics come I will through. vote Doom 2016. Doom 2016. He'll make the um, trains run on time. <laughs> <laughs> but also... Uh, Mr. Fantastic is not shown to be a genius in this movie, ever. Oh, no, no, I'm not saying he is, but is the all implication, of it, I think, is... I think, well, the thing is, all of his attempts to accomplish anything science-based fails miserably mm-hmm. to to the fault of his partner and his friends, which yeah. is sort of in line with Fantastic Four, but still, in this film, they never give you any, like, all... Yeah, like, he's never been successful, has he? No, no successful moments. <laughs> in uh, this uh, movie, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah in this yeah. movie. He gets confused in every scene. He I, seems I also to... did... One of the things I did not like was they took out, like, the the fault of uh, them being hit by the radiation is not his fault. Right, right. And right. I did not like that, because that's supposed to be the whole point, is he always feels like it's his fault what happened to, to Ben, that he right. turned into a monster. In this, it's really not his fault. But in this movie... Still in this dumb movie... as a rock, but not his fault. <laughs> It's yeah. it's always his fault on everything. He fucks mm-hmm. everything up, and he's never once smart. Like the fact that his arm stretches is literally like one dimension of that character. He's also the one of the smartest characters in the Marvel universe. He is, You've got he is the smartest. Yeah, the movie. smartest. And and this until movie maybe not, Amadeus Cho comes around, but this this movie does not attempt to demonstrate that in any conceivable way. No, it is it is insane how like watching it how incompetent he is. He gets this uh, ultra-important diamond and just leaves it on a table because he turns on a shitty laser grid. I'm like, that dude doesn't own one safe. <laughs> oh, that yeah, is what insanity. About that? At least lock it back in that case. Yeah. And what about that diamond? It's being used to refract light, but it's obviously completely random and uncut and just like yes. it would be a garbage thing. But it's obviously giving specific patterns that they desire, but there's no possible way that could possibly happen. No, no, also, nothing he does make sense. That wouldn't even work because that's not how diamonds work. No, good point. It, it just looks like a giant cancer brain. Yeah. You and need like, like things that have impurities to transfer uh, like, a, like a signal or a laser or whatever. Yeah. I think just heating up a diamond just makes it a really hot diamond. But let's let's jump back to where we were with this fight. I, I, this is the worst fight in a superhero movie no, I've ever seen. There's one at the end of the movie. Oh, that's that's <laughs> that's worse. Okay, so that's worse until the movie continues. Yeah. But also really important here when they filmed Star Wars, <laughs> they didn't have the person playing Darth Vader mumble his lines from under his mask and then leave that in they the did. final cut. Oh, right, okay. but they. <laughs> Then they then they put in James Earl Jones's voice to give you clear dialogue from mm-hmm. a dominating like, a, like just like intense voice. Uh, they didn't do that in this movie. Uh, he his lines are delivered from under the mask. 
And well, in his defense, I believe we all saw a little movie called The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> I, I can't understand anything yeah, Doctor Doom. No, no, anything Doctor Doom is saying. I can't make it up. Really? Mike and I were literally going to time. Wait, back it up? We would back it up, and we'd be, I think he said something about cheese. He definitely said something about blue I think, cheese. I think something That's all I got. you missed is, I don't know if you noticed, but Dr. Doom is using American Sign Language to say everything while he's talking. Oh, he gestures. I, I, I never gestures. Seen, you know, like, he they gestures. say, like, one of the, uh, like, people who first get into acting, one of the things they never know is, like, they're like, what do you do with your hands? Like, you know, you're just like, do I move them when I talk? Do I put them in my pocket? He was just like... I'm just going to be only hands. I can't see my face very well, so all my acting is fingertips. The dude is constantly doing jazz hands. He's constantly, like, articulating and, like, trying to pantomime what he's saying, but not even coming close to pantomiming what he's saying. He once drew the number 12 in the air. Yes, yes. Like, it is insane. As the movie went on, like, when it first started, I was like, oh, this Doom's a little, he's a little over the top, but... I really dig that they did the cost, and then as it went on, I was just like, "This is a tragedy. This is awful. This whoever is inside that suit should never be allowed to act again." It was the worst acting I have ever seen, and to the point where when he would come on screen, I could not even follow anything that was going on because I was just like, "Wow, he's moving his hands so much." <laughs> also, also, I was a little annoyed because he refers to himself as Doctor Doom when that dude finished his PhD. Oh, oh that's good a good point. point. Also, is it set bizarre? and matched to Roger Corman? Maybe, uh, maybe over in where, not Latvia. Where does he live in? Latvia. Maybe he built, it founded his own university, and then went through a rigorous study, and you know, got his PhD like a hardworking boy. I will say, graduate student doom has a certain ring to it. <laughs> it <kind of> does. <laughs> but what I thought was bizarre was he introduces himself as as Doctor Doom. Reed had to know what Victor's last name was, which was Von Doom. Yeah. Wouldn't you just instantly be like? Oh, there's no way two people have that stupid of a last name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, he he must have known that Doom was from, like, wherever they're Yeah, that he's now. not from America. Right. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, uh, did you also notice that somewhere in the scene, I don't exactly remember where it is because my notes kind of phase off, uh, that at one point Johnny Storm says, Holy Freud, Batman? I was just gonna comment. That's yeah. that's at the point where they realize they have existential powers. That's it. Like, yeah. It has nothing to do with science or or reality. It's just like you feel sad, so you're gonna turn invisible. Yeah, his, <laughs> which is again, again, again so that the, is the plot of the Fantastic Four. <laughs> but wait a minute, that's how like, they get their powers. Is it really that he's stretched too thin? No, that's what that's he says. Not, no, that's why he got the it. Because yeah. supposed to be like he's so smart, he's everywhere. Like he's always every, doing everything at once. That's why he can stretch. Yeah. yeah. Well, hers makes sense because, you know, scientifically, physiologically, animals are shy or try to hide themselves yes. and camouflage themselves. So she makes sense. No one else makes sense. Well, Johnny's a oh. hot shot. What do you think of when you think of hot shot? But again, <laughs> stretch too thin. little hamburgers, but other people <laughs> think about fire. Stretch too thin and hot-headed are expressions. They are yeah. not reflections of actual emotions. Well, but how many times have you said, boy, you're a real slave to your orange rock anger? Well, That's then you a become a slave. It's a weird thing, yeah. I do say that a lot. <laughs> I mean, Especially when I'm singing the song, Orange Rock Monster. Uh, yeah, it is the refrain. Uh... <laughs> oh, boy. Uh... Look, I, I, somewhere around here, also, um, the thing has like his, his trademark, like, I'm a freak moment. Oh. 
Yeah, in which she goes and hangs outside of a Chinese restaurant or something? No, my favorite is before that he goes outside and he sees what are definitely prostitutes. They're not just people <laughs> on the street. They're oh, like I two... I think... They're, like, I, they're, they're, they're definitely two... Professionals. Uh, yeah, they're definitely two hookers. And he walks up and they run away because they're like, oh, God. But he, like, reaches his hand out and I want them to like, prostitute. Just, no! Listen, he just wanted to get his rocks off and they wouldn't let Oh, him. man. How long have you been keeping that one in the back About pocket? 10 seconds. <laughs> I, I love I, it. I could not believe that, like, he's like, I could never have a normal life. And the first thing they, they show him doing is he's like, I got to get my dick wet. Like, was, like, like going out and trying to connect with like a child, or yeah. going to the park, or like seeing his old dog or no. something. He's just like, or going to find that girl that he likes. He's, he's, he's got to like, get his rocks in the mud. Oh, they yeah. won't fuck me. Ah, uh, I guess I'll get Chinese food. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll. I guess I'll go get some uh, sweet sweet sack and wrap yeah. it around. <laughs> Grab some sweet and sour chicken from a dumpster. Mm, get it out of there. Eat that. I guess. <laughs> oh, you understand me, garbage food. <laughs> But no one wants you either. Ends up, he goes and ends up with the jeweler. Oh, no. Yeah. No, the, Alicia, Alicia Masters. The henchmen find him again to a Willy Wonka song. And yeah. they, they just want to lure him down with, like, a little a little ditty. Well, she's already been established as the queen at this point. Yeah. We've seen a scene of him, him yes, basically. Yes, tied up. So not the greatest yeah. queen. But he has her, like, draped in, like, tinsel. Yeah, she's, a, she's shiny. She's, she's like, draped in, like, shiny stuff. Which is, like, it's like Christmas tinsel. See. Well, but he's like dressing her progressively through the movie in shiny things. Yeah. Well, she's a mole man. That's a literal, actual subculture of humans. Like mole men. No, mole no, no it isn't. Yes, jeweler. it is. Hundred percent. That's a thing. Wait, what do you mean? I mean mole people. Look up mole man or mole people on Wikipedia. I swear to you, it's a thing. You mean like people live on the ground and sing songs? In like New York, yeah, they sing songs about their shiny queens. All right, we need to Wait, stop this conversation. No, this is where we had. Might have paid to have sex with a mole person. <laughs> Listen, I would. No, but it's an actual thing. Like, at least mocked in various uh, things. Mole people. But this is where Ben and I came up with one of our songs. <laughs> about a shiny queen is a happy queen. A shiny queen is a happy queen. Because <laughs> it's got that carnival bouncy music yeah, in the it's background. Like, it's like, blink the blink the blink the blink the blink. <laughs> shiny queen is a happy queen. I'll dress her all in tinsel. <laughs> like, it's, it's just you, amazing. You really have to, like, bring us up on YouTube and understand how much these scenes feel like you're just two seconds from a song busted out. <laughs> really, yeah, that music is not helping. Yeah. Uh, but while they're down there, Dr. Doom shows up to get the gem. And uh, unlike Dr. Doom in the comics, who has like laser abilities out of his hand, he can shoot like lasers out of his hands. Yeah. Dr. Doom pulls out a pistol and shoots the like the, the tall man from Phantoms. No, yeah. is it Phantoms? Is that the name of that movie? Anyways... Phantasm. Phantasm. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's a creepy movie. He died. Uh, he just died. Yeah. Oh, sad. did he? That's don't, don't talk ill of Creeper. Come on, Creeper. Uh, man, nothing's better than <laughs> that scene where ball. he's fucking that guy as a girl, and then he turns oh, into a tall boy. man. Uh, you mean on the tombstone? <laughs> that's a bit weird. This got weird. Is that what you said? Uh, um, but I, yeah, I also like weird. What you call hot? <laughs> throughout this movie, Doctor Doom does nothing cool. Like, no, uh, except for laugh. In every fight scene, he he appears to have no gadgets, no like electricity gloves, not or even the ability lasers, to or even like I think there's, there's definitely scenes of Doctor Doom matching strength with like the thing, like he's just like powerful. 
But in this one, he just like he falls over. He's he's got a knife glove at some point, and that's useless. Yeah. And then he, he just gets thrown off a balcony. He is passive aggressive this whole movie. Yeah. Even when he's like like his main attack is like, oh yes, kill me, why don't you? You have the chance to kill me, and then that's it. Like that's his attack. His, right. His he's got a passive aggressive buff or and something. His and what's have, weird like, is Reed's not even gonna kill him. He's trying to save him, and then he's just like, ah, yeah. fuck it. You're a dick anyway. Yeah, and he, like, lets himself die, so I was like, eh. And then but there's also, the weird scene where they show, like, the robot hand. It's, like, laying there, and the fingers start moving, which I was yeah, like... Yeah, what is that That's for the sequel, right? <laughs> I was like, wow, even at death, his fingers will not stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. He's just gesturing, like, <laughs> I'm dead. Oh, yeah, as he's falling, he's um, like, I'm dying, jazz hands. But, like, his, his henchmen have Steyer Augs, and he's got... He has a pistol that looks like it's just a tube. Oh, boy. But the weird thing that happens down here in uh, the jeweler's cave is he threatens to shoot this woman. Why he thinks a man who just showed up and murdered his entire group of followers is going to care if he shoots some random woman. But uh, Ben Grimm comes out as the thing, and Dr. Doom refers to him as Ben Grimm. And Alicia says, Ben... I love you. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> but she's like, Ben, I love you. It's just like the weird, I was like, oh, that was a weird, like she just whispers the second half for some reason. But it was, I was like, when did they fall in love? They met once. They had the worst meet cute in cinema history. <laughs> and then he, and then she says she loves him and he turns back into Ben Grimm. <laughs> like no longer the thing. I then guess. he runs away because they're going to shoot him, and he goes out into an alley, and he's just like, Argh! and he turns back into the thing. And I was, I want to be clear here. That happens, listener. Like, you're familiar with the Fantastic Four probably pretty roughly. You know that there's no fucking part of Ben Grimm's powers where he goes back and forth out of being the king. I'm, there's been a few stories where he can he comes out of it. But what was weird was it's not I was like, I was like, oh, they're going to do like a thing where when he's with her – and he's not angry, he turns back into himself. Nope. No. They nope. never bring it up. Never. No, he just... He doesn't even mention it to Reed that it happens. Yeah. yeah. They get back there, he doesn't He doesn't tell them he was just hanging out with Doom and the Jeweler. Nope, doesn't mention he's it. He's just like, you tell me about it. <laughs> and then that's that's his response to glossing over everything. He yada yada that shit. Yeah. Also, <laughs> when, also, when Doom enters the room... A, a poor man's Imperial March is playing. Oh, it's so good. It's like, it's just like this doom, 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 Doctor Doom, Doctor Doom. I will rule the mole man people. I will take the diamond from you. I will rule the mole man people. Okay, now let's get to the mole man march with Doctor Doom. I'm shutting this down, guys. It's getting... <laughs> Getting too close to the actual Imperial March, Disney is very litigious. Oh, and and the jeweler's lair, I'd like to point out, was exactly it was like they took a, a poor man's Terry Gilliam set and just yeah, like, like there's TVs that shouldn't be working but are, and just on poles for some reason. And, and there's ducks probably and probably like three or four other sets that had been built at that studio that Roger Corman films like ninety percent of his movies at. And they're probably like, yeah, eh, just throw some. I think they were like, the like, hey, we've still got like half a set from Brazil. You want to fucking use this thing? <laughs> it's about 10 years old, but who gives a shit? You can have it for $11. And you know what, guys? Look. Look. I bet covered... that might be another deep cut. I don't know. <laughs> 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 
Ugh. We covered a lot of this fight and Doctor Doom's death off a balcony and, and a bunch of stuff, but the the thing that we have to fucking touch on is that right as the, the climactic shitty fight is happening at the end of this film, the Doctor Doom laser that he has aimed at New York City yes, as a threat is just oh, fire. Yeah. What I loved is when he first te- he's like, let me show you what it does. They don't say where he aims it, but then they just play stock footage of an atomic yes, bomb blast. Yeah, that's yeah. literally what I wrote and they down. It red. <laughs> yeah, but but he he's got this laser and he triggers it and and they run to it and they can't turn it off in time. Classic superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. It Not fires. Really. I, I mean, if, if it was classic superhero stuff, Grim would have just destroyed it. The thing would have uh, true, the, true. Wait, before we get before you get to this, I okay, you have to go back for a second. They show up at Doctor Doom's lair, which for some reason. They get there, and, and uh, Reed's like, well, where should we go? And Ben's like, the throne room. It's this way. I'm like, did he design this building? Why does he know where <laughs> yeah, everything this, is? Well, they were there before when they yeah, got kidnapped yeah. after the thing. But uh, so so they, ca- they show up, yeah, and they get to know. caught in cartoon tubes? Well, yeah. Because <laughs> why not? And do you know how they get out of those tubes? Uh... Please explain. Yeah, why don't you explain for the audience? They're they're in they're in like la- like, like lightning tubes. Like Scotty was hanging out on vacation in you yeah. know Eastern Europe. Yeah, yeah. It's beam me up tubes, and they're stuck in them. And then I'm like, well, there's no way they're gonna get out of this but, unless there's a design flaw, Pokes. But I'm not even sure what the design <laughs> flaw was because it appears as though they, they just stop at like your ankles. Yeah, and the yeah. flaw is it didn't go to the ground. Yeah, yeah. The, the, and the, the reed stretches out his foot. And the tubes made of pure energy, I guess, didn't just just had a, a limit. You gotta save money. Roger yeah. Corman's like, we can't make the tubes to the ground. Listen, guys, it'll be fine. Roger Corman Mr. was in charge of the production of Doom's uh, headquarters. Yeah. They'll never get out, Doom. I promise. I'm Roger Corman. It's fine. So Reed Richards Corman's his way out of the out, out of the tubes by by stretching his own fucking ankle out the hole. <laughs> Uh, out the and gap. And just kicks like a piece of equipment, yeah, which causes kicks thousands it. of sparks to go off <laughs> and accidentally freeze them. And to which we get, like, the third time we get uh, Ben Grimm's It's Clobbering Time with a close-up of his creepy lips moving. Mm, not good. His, like, Chuck E. Cheese mask head or with, like, elephant scrotal sack on top of it. Like, when you can see his teeth, it really freaks it was, me out. Yeah. It really freaks me out. Yeah, it's, it's like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle... Mm-hmm. Except yeah. for they were like, how do we make those more, I don't know, haunting? Yeah. <laughs> now, how many nightmares can we make with this? This is also the scene where we're like, six minutes are left in this movie, maybe ten tops, and half of the characters develop all new powers. Yes! Sue Storm gets her, her force field power, which she just suddenly not only has, but instantly knows how to use. Yeah. And does it. it, and then does like a little, yay, like fist pump or something. It was yeah. very bizarre. Like, she's like, I speculate I can do this. I speculate I can do more than in- turn invisible and duck. Because that's all she's been doing this whole and movie. And what's insane is, like, she's speculating while people are shooting guns at her. Like, not the time mm-hmm. to test if you have a force. <laughs> yeah, the same thing with the thing, though. In that first sequence where they're fighting, he just walks into bullets. I'm like, you don't know that yeah, you <laughs> you're <should>. good. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe bullets figure that can one damage out. rock. I don't know if you guys <laughs> yeah, have ever I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this bad fight sequence, uh, new powers emerge. And then and this then... is where we get the new power, which is the laser is going, and Reed's like, I can't stop it, which is insane, because you feel like they could just rip out the power cord. But Johnny says, Kick it. I can, and then becomes the actual human torch. Because for the, this whole movie, he's never on fire. Yeah, 
he's just like shooting bad yellow orange beams from his hand. Or sneezing. Yeah, or sneezing at a, at a bush. I got a hot cold. <laughs> Were you Uma Thurman from uh, <laughs> Batman and Robin? What was that? Hot <laughs> cold. Uh, well, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, but Johnny Storm turns into the worst animated orange man you've ever seen in your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, just well, like. It's basically just a, an outline of a person that's kind of like like black in the center and then has really bad red flames and then tries to chase a laser. Yeah, and again, we're seeing Johnny Storm activate a power he's never had before yeah. and, and try now and fly mm-hmm. at the speed of, you know, light. Oh, yeah, light because <laughs> it's a laser. <laughs> Lee, the speed of faster than a laser. Yeah. In fact, actually I think they were designing this device to reach light speed. I think that was talked about yeah, at some point the in the bit. film. They didn't need to do that, apparently, because Johnny could just get real hot and yeah. go light speed. You know. Now, what's um, insane, though, is when he goes to stop it at the end, Yeah, he just yeah. flies into it. He, and he, he starts, <laughs> like, spinning around like a cork. It's yeah. like the mom, like, wow, the least heroic ending to a film. He, he just... He, he just tumble stops the laser. He tumbles right into it. And, and, and then goes, whoa, 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 whoa. And then it explodes. And he's like, I did it. It looked like those Skate 3 like mess up videos. Yeah, like where glit- they're yeah. clipping. Yeah, so yeah. Like, like someone in Bumbling. 1992 animated a tiki god by a volcano and just decided to like let it tumble around in front of a fucking laser. And that's he ragged all that shit yeah. and somehow stopped and saved New York City. Yeah, it, well, he eventually turns around and he shoots a big ball of flame to diffuse a laser which as we all know lasers one weakness is fire non, yeah. non-solid Guys, it's fire it's fucking light it's it, it can't it, it's it, you fight it with fire haven't you guys ever played any of those games you know <laughs> fire versus earth fire versus laser uh uh nothing out the mind. better version of Rochambeau. i'm gonna yeah, strike exactly. you <laughs> i'm gonna strike you with like my a face. match <laughs> oh my god i hate you now um then at the end, uh, Sue and Reed get married. Classic. Uh, they drive away. Ben is for some reason not human again, even though he's with Alicia. So we're not sure what's going on there. Also in his costume, like they're yeah, like, he refused like to dress Johnny up for and, the wedding. Johnny and the Rock and, and the, I'm gonna say the Rock. Yeah, well, Johnny and the Thing are in their costumes. So and is then Reed. Reed. Oh, Reed is too. And then, but not Sue. She's in a wedding dress. Well, well she's, she's getting married. Yeah. yeah, but where? If, uh, never mind. Uh, she's getting married, Ben. Like, these are one of the, the few superhero characters without secret identities who can just mm. wear normal clothes. It's fine. But they don't. <laughs> Did you want them to tailor a special wedding uniform for her that had, like, the four on the chest? I, I, I don't know. With the thing, you can just paint a tie on. Just paint one on. Oh, they should have painted a tie Can we talk like about the costumes shirt? real quick? <laughs> All right. They are not great. No, they're not. They're I, mean, I, I appreciate that they went with, the, at the especially at the time, the Fantastic Four costume. Yeah, the but classic it's like one, they yeah. had four different people sew them because Sue's like the white collar goes down to like her nipples, and so yeah. the four is like on her stomach, and everybody else's it's like right on their chest, and they are ill fitting. And they don't you can see the stitch at all. Yeah, and I think they're all one size. They're, they're kind of baggy and weird parts too. Yeah. It, it's it's as if like Sue made them out of felt before <laughs> she came in the room. Well, she did say she made them, so I guess I yeah. can't. And I I will say in. Uh, this movie's defense is I like to keep coming to its defense. When uh, Reed and Sue get married in the comics, he is actually wearing his Fantastic Four outfit. Cause they still stupid. Get, they get in a fight on that day. Somebody shows up. <gasps> still dumb. Oh, it's still but, dumb. I'm just telling you. I'm trying. To but this something. movie ends on, on, on a wonderful note. As, <laughs> uh, as 
As they drive away in their limo, uh, Reed's goofy as fuck no. garbage prop <laughs> arm comes up out of the sunroof. Reed activates one of those, uh, like, tube people that they put up, like, used <laughs> cars lots where it yeah. blows the air Lady up. Lady-whacky like inflatable dancing. tube man. Mm-hmm. And all I could picture was some, like, grizzled prop veteran with, like, a cigar in his mouth and, like, 60 years of experience. Like, I used to work on westerns. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm waggling. who voiced Jab in the Hut or something. I'm, I'm waggling a prop arm out of a sunroof. <laughs> I want to die. I don't know why, but that ending, when, it, like, the arm was coming out, it was so cartoony that it reminded me it's of the so... end of Mac and Me. Oh, where it's God. like they have like that really awkward arm stretch, and then they, they're like, we'll be back. And I was like, there's going to be another one of these? Oh, I love this practical effects in this. Oh my god! But because they were so bad, like I mean, it was so wonderfully cheesy. It's amazing. Honestly, honestly, I don't rate this movie as low as some of the other stinkers we've seen. I would rather watch this than Catwoman. Absolutely, it is. It is. You know, people always talk about funny bad movies or whatever. This is one that's. Yeah, this is hilarious this from start to finish because this, of how stupid it this is. This movie has a better rating uh, than Batman and Robin, which you mentioned earlier. Really? Yeah, Batman and Robin is lower <laughs> than this one. Really? Which is insane because I like Batman and Robin because of how bad it is. Yeah, well, yeah. that's, you know, yeah. it's enjoyably terrible. Oh my god. <laughs> so, so much better so, than Batman Forever. So go on, I don't know, YouTube or Vimeo, wherever you can find this. Yeah, if you uh, just uh, type in. Watch it. Wait, Fantastic I have to Four, ask, 1994, yeah. there's a good Daily Motion version. As Where, far as quality goes. Pogues, maybe you know, because Ben didn't have an answer for me mm-hmm. when we watched this. What the fuck happened to the Mole Man? Like, we didn't clear oh, yeah, that he's story gone. up. He's gone. Oh. He was my he's my favorite character. He just, he's continuing to live down there. <laughs> yeah, shiny things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll smell another diamond another day. I have a working TV. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's catching up on episodes of Dawson's Creek. Yeah, he's writing new songs to do with <laughs> his carnival jams. Uh, Mole Man. Live inside a trash can. Okay, this is good. This is good shit. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Yeah, well, I guess I, we can all look forward to Sober Ben's musical version of 1994's <laughs> Fantastic Four. Uh, and this is, uh, speaking of which, this is just something that I saw uh, in that article that uh, James linked me. They said that they think that the rights to this movie were bought for $250,000, which is insane. But they had sold the rights to Spider-Man. To Canon Films for $225,000. And Canon Films could not make the Spider-Man movie when they wanted to because they were going bankrupt because they had spent too much money on Superman 4 and Masters <laughs> of the Universe. <laughs> to, uh, Canon, Canon Films oh is a, just a god-awful film company. They produce... Super- I love Canon Films magic. so much. Yes. Magic. Their, their original script, it was bought. They, did, they only knew Spider-Man by title. They thought that it was a guy who turned into a spider. Yeah, the original yeah, like, script it is a like a, a, like a spider movie. fighting in a like an arena underneath of a science building. Yeah, and he's uh, fighting like other creatures. Yeah, like a man. That sounds amazing. Yeah, right. I would watch that in a heartbeat. And over any of these other goddamn Spider-Man movies. Yeah, in a I, heartbeat. I uh, I kept looking, and they wrote like nine different versions of this movie, and <sighs> one of the versions they wrote. The script is online, and I told Ben I really think he should get sober Ben and some other people and do a live reading of it because I read I'm like the it. first ten pages, and it is like so bizarre and like such a complete picture of what the '90s were in film. Like the way that Spider-Man is, or, uh, Peter is talking to this girl, it is like 
you could tell it was written like post the indie film explosion because it's just like dialogue that you're like oh this is so bad why would they talk like this well perhaps we'll have a special episode where we read I wish they had made the other one because god that would have been amazing but that covers the Fantastic Four <laughs> Roger Corman one of four guys uh, you get to escape. Good luck on the rest. But we are trapped yes. in for three more. I, I will say that this movie, uh, if we take out the fact that like none of the costumes fit right, I thought visually this was the best representation of the Fantastic Four. And yeah. I think the best version of their origin story. And the best, I found this for certain... the least annoying. Because I cannot stand in, in all three of the uh, well, the other two... Doctor Doom gets his power; it gets powers at the same time they do. Doctor Doom doesn't have powers. Right. He practices black magic, but that's because his mom was a gypsy and a witch. Whoa! That, that that's, a hard <laughs> that's, that's a hard G. That's a hard G. That's a slur right there. Get, she's get, a gypsy. Get, I don't know. Nah, whoa! Okay, whoa. She's killed no. during, I think, the the German rounding up of the Roma. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa. going there Come now. On. Come I'm not saying it was a good thing. I'm never oh. coming back on this. I will never return. Jesus Christ. Wow. Uh, you think the jeweler would have taught you something? Yeah, one would think you'd learn, learn acceptance from that nice little short jewel smeller. Yeah. You remember his song about being nice to everybody? Love everybody like a diamond. Uh, anyways, I, I enjoyed that uh, Dr. Doom got his... That he didn't have powers, he was just a dude in Yeah, I know, I appreciate it. It was the, definitely the most, uh, well, at least the most faithful attempt at Doctor Doom, uh, visually uh, and, and aesthetic, aesthetically. That, like, watching it, I was like, man, visually, that costume does not look as dumb as I thought it would in real it, life. It does not it, look in, great. Yeah, in person? Yeah, you're right. But I think it's, if it, it had like, not bad. the right production value, I don't think it would look that out of place. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like, if they, if they like, modernized the armor some so it was more like an Iron Man armor and then he had, like, the toga or whatever overneath, I don't think you would watch it and be like, oh, that's real weird. It looks way better than the Doctor Doom in that new movie where it looks like a mannequin had sex with, like, a can of spray paint. Ooh, I'll watch that. <laughs> we may need to have you back because I don't know if we can rope it to watching it. That's a different podcast. Uh, yes, this is I'll... the end of uh, our, the first week of Fantastic February. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything we missed that you guys wanted to talk about? Uh, nope. Just that I feel like we're on a downhill slope. <laughs> you guys started it is rough with the when worst, I was this, and I was it's like, gonna oh, be the best. I don't think these get better. <laughs> uh oh. Oh boy. Uh, you, do, do both of you recommend that people do watch this though? I, I honestly, yeah. It's short. It's like an hour and a half. Uh, so it's pretty much it's not like an overwrought like film, and it's easy to find online. You can skip around. Just watch some of the fights, the, the effects in action. They're bad attempts to spin the camera to avoid having to actually show a fight sequence so I, they don't cut into their cocaine budget. See, you could it's, probably watch the first, like, hour and then just skip to the last, like, ten yeah, And you would, you would have seen enough of the movie to be like, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I think oh, it's, it's a super enjoyable film, especially if you've been drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you could probably drink every time that maybe your brain says, What the god fuck is happening? And then, you know, you might not finish the movie, but <laughs> and, uh, uh, it would be enjoyable. Know, me and Ben both watched this razor sober. 
So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so did I actually. But <laughs> oh god, I wish I, I wish I, I was like, you know, oh, I wish I was. Like, this movie's great to I watch. Stoned. I think my wife had a drink because she had to watch it. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> well, then I, I guess that's it for this Fantastic Four. Uh, definitely not the best, but not the worst. Uh, I don't know. We'll see where it compares. At, at the final week, we'll we'll list the four Fantastic Fours in the order of good to bad and see what we thought. So look forward to that. Next week there will be no mini episode, so we will be doing we'll be going straight into 2005's Fantastic Four, starring Jessica Alba, Michael uh. Chiklis, Chris Evans in his first comic book film, not his last. He's been in several, not just the Captain America on Avengers. Uh, he's like the successful uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, <laughs> he's in a bunch yeah. of comic book movies, but all of his did pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, so that's it. Let's go to plugs. As you may recall, last time Mike Hayes was here, he had plugs dating back to the you know like pre-invention of the internet. Not uh-huh. one of yep. them was able to actually be viewed. Mike? Yeah, I think he met, I think he mentioned a zine at some point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Right? Well, I have a, I have a series of, of, of photocopied zines I made in 1996, and uh, you can still pick those up Dude, awesome. on my Angel Fire website. <laughs> Weren't you in the uh, jeweler working on some stone tablets? <laughs> Uh, yeah, me and the jeweler. In fact, one of my plugs now is you can go to the website www.thejewelersings.com, oh, okay. and uh, up there is just a variety of songs that I've, I've concocted in the guise and character and spirit of the jeweler. Wait, hold on. This uh, is not real, right? I, I literally have it up on GoDaddy and thinking about starting a new project. You, wait, how did you know you were going to write songs for this movie? No, I just have a laptop in front of me and Googled it right now. It is available. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Oh, really? So. Really? Nobody else grabbed the jeweler sings? Uh, so, so, uh, uh, so keep keep your eyes out for our upcoming feature, uh, the, ju- the jeweler, the jeweler sings, the it's jeweler sings great. on ice. Yeah. yeah, No, I do actually have a, a proper plug. Um, uh, it's a website uh, called MayorGunBear.com, and on it has a bunch of fan fiction that I've written. Amongst uh, there's been a couple other contributions from people uh, who write fan fiction about a the mayor of Tatooine. Uh, named who's named Mayor Gunbear. That is a character Ben and a bunch yeah. of other friends all made up while playing some games. But it has captured our imagination. You can now read about his <laughs> the way he's been making sure tattooing, you know, Mos Eisley is clean and um, you know taking care of the transit systems and stuff like that. So he's like so, a real Giuliani for Tatooine. He's yeah, like, he, yeah, he's yeah, 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 he's gonna clean up Mos Eisley. <laughs> So, yeah, so it's going to be like are... Times Square. It used to be a hive of scum and villainy. Now yeah. it's a Well, the mayor gun. Someone gave a bear a gun. And yeah. he's, he's then ran for political office. And, and, got, oh, and no one opposed him because well, why would you? it's a bear with a gun. Yeah, so. you're not going to oppose that. Yeah. So. I don't know. I might have. I think we all just had a joint manic episode just now. Yeah, just, everything went insane. <laughs> well, then. All right, so there's that. Go check out Mike Hayes' once again bizarre plugs. God forbid he <laughs> something so cool. <laughs> Like a fucking Twitter handle or yeah, something. Yeah, you know. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, but you, you can find me, of course, as always, at the Disco Pony uh, or my website, therealbenchapman.com. Uh, you can find me at It's Pogues on both Twitter and Instagram or go to my website, Art of Pogues. Also, we have T-shirts available, which me and Ben are super excited to announce. Somebody <laughs> bought one. Somebody! No idea was it me? It's neither me and or it Ben. Wasn't... So somebody bought one. And it's none of our parents. It so. wasn't me either. <laughs> so there we go. We're running out of people who possibly could have bought it. But somebody <laughs> bought a Heber shirt, the shirt inspired by uh, 
a conversation from the Scott Pilgrim episode in which Ben and his wife came up with the idea for the best possible T-shirt, based <laughs> on the fact that I referred to breast as heavers. Uh, <laughs> it's just your wife's fault, but we'll get into you know that's that's a time and place uh, that's a conversation for another time and place. If you'd like to buy one of those, go to um, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash NAOSpod. There's a link there, or I believe the link is tpublic.com slash user slash art of pogues. Uh, also go to our Facebook page if you want to join the conversation. If you watched this movie, if you had some comments to make, or you want to bring up something that we forgot to mention, you can post them there, and we'll do uh, the mini episode the first week of whatever month comes after February, January, March. It will be. Uh, oh boy. We will, we'll we'll read all the corrections or comments people leave us. So go there. Also, if you would rate us on iTunes and leave a a little description or a review, that helps uh, us. Or whatever podcast uh, uh, affiliate you use, yes, Stitcher or whatever. Anyone that you use, they rate. Everything is based on user interaction. So even if your podcast has a whole bunch of listeners, they don't care because that could be like Russian bots yeah like, you know I think the things that go out and like go to websites and make it look like they have a million hits but really it turns out it's all from like a suburb of moscow and you're like oh i think those are just spam bots <laughs> so they need dr doom's robots yeah exactly we need more than doom bots so please leave us comment leave us uh, reviews and stuff like that we would greatly appreciate it and of course tell a friend if you like the show anybody have anything else they want to say before we go uh no all right watch the <laughs> Doom, 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 <laughs> Doctor Doom. Okay, again, man, I just got a cease and desist from Lucas. Doom, 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 Doctor Doom, Doctor Doom. Not another original story.